episode of Black Talk Radio News, we will cover the freedom struggle of the indigenous people of Biafra. What? You never heard of Biafra, you say? Well, I had not heard of the nation of Biafra until very recently. Obidi Obienu, a representative of the organization Indigenous People of Biafra, spoke with BTR News about their freedom struggle to restore the nation, which is in present-day Nigeria. Welcome to Black Talk Radio News. Thank you for having me. If you would, can you tell us your name and what it is that you do? Because I may not have pronounced it correctly in my intro. So if you don't mind, if you could just state your name and tell us what it is that you do with the organization IPOB. My name is Obidi Obieno. I serve the indigenous people of Biafra as the continental rep. I represent the indigenous people of Biafra and the United States for the entire countries in North and South America. And that's what I do for indigenous people of Biafra. Now, before one of the um, members of your organization contacted me, I had never heard of the name Biafra. And so I'm sure many of African-Americans here in the United States probably have not heard the word either. So for those who are not familiar with Biafra, what is Biafra and where is it? Yeah, Biafra is a nation. Biafra is approximately 60 million people. And they are the inhabitants of some parts of the Middle Belt, Midwest, entire southeastern region of the fraudulent contraption called Nigeria. Biafra has been in existence for the past 4,000 years, I would say, and we have been there for a very long time before the colonial masters came and then mixed us together, the, the combination or the amalgamation of Nigeria in 1914. So as we speak right now, Biafra, the nation, is still in the entire uh, eastern region of Nigeria. You mentioned earlier when the colonists came in. Now, are we talking about the French? Are we talking about the British? You know, uh, there were many European colonizers, and I'm sure they often worked together in not just dividing up and drawing borders and lines in Africa, but all over the world, particularly after World War II. So which particular uh, colonists or colonialists uh, are we talking about? We're talking about the British colonial masters, the British. Can you tell me a little bit more about the history of the colonization of that area of the world, of Biafra? As I mentioned earlier, Biafra has been in existence. History revealed that the Biafran nation, um, predominantly the Ibus, left Egypt thousands of years ago and migrated to the the, the place we currently dwell now. Uh, we have been there peacefully, living our lives for the colonization era. And um, they have this man, they named uh, Frederick Luger, the British colonial administrator of West Africa from 1895, who was sent from in India to Nigeria. And it's a long story. There may be another story for another day, but happened is that after a while, they mixed Biafra. They brought Biafrans together. They brought the, uh, the Alsas, the Fulanese, and the Yorubas together. And they called it the Amalgamation of 1914. That is the beginning of 
the combination of different groups in that part of the world. And finally, in 1960, they gave us a name before they left. They gave us Nigeria mm. uh, with the pretense of independence. You so see, that's a little brief history of what I can give now. Okay. Now, what is the organization that you are in? And tell me about its work. What What is the main mission of the IPOB? Okay. The IPOB stands for Indigenous People of Biafra. Lately, a lot of people uh, want to misconstrue the name by saying IPOB. I, some of the people call us IPOB or iPad or iPod. But what IPOB stands for is the indigenous people of Biafra, because we were the indigenous um, inhabitants of that area. Like I said before, the entire eastern region of the Fordland nation called Nigeria. Now, let me jump a little bit. The amalgamation of 1914 was the the combination and take it down the years. 1960, they gave a flag independence and uh, left. Since then, we have been together saying that we are Nigerians. The funniest part of it is that we call ourselves one Nigeria. And that tells a lot of, a lot of uh, pitch volume when a nation of supposedly a nation is calling themselves one just to put us all together. Apparently, we are not these people, but that that one Nigeria was coined to make us believe um, that we are the same people. As I mentioned earlier, dear friends, there are so many groups of individuals, or group of uh, a lot of groups in uh, in Biafra land. Um, we Can have so many me? groups, Can and, you and some of these. Yeah, um, I'm coming to that. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> some of the uh, Biafran land actually encompasses the land of Igbo. Igbo is the majority of Biafran land. Biafran land also has a group they call Ibibio, which uh, in Nigeria now they call them the Cross River. We have the Jaw, we have the Bankes, we have the Isobo or the Urobos. We have the Ichekiri, we have the Idomas, and we have the Gala. These are major groups that form Biafra. Apart from these main major groups that I just mentioned, there are other small groups. I'm not going to use that word, the minority, because of the fact that some of these words can be misconstrued okay. to make people feel like they are very little when it comes to their nation. We have other smaller groups that comprise uh, Biafra. So this is a light group. Like I said before, 60 million people, over 60 million people. And so the... And now... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You finish. Okay. Since we have been put together in Nigeria, Biafrans have not had peace, even the Nigeria themselves. And uh, for a very long time, there has been so many incidents of the killing of their friends, the destruction of properties, 
last, and, and this is, he has a chronology of the killing of Biafra. I'm not going to go uh, details after details, but the killing started from 1945. Uh, and 1945, thousands of Biafrans were killed in the northern part of Nigeria. And it goes all the way down to, uh, and this killing in 1945 was in George, a city called just in Nigeria. It goes down to 1953 when another uprising came and thousands of Biafrans were killed all the way to 1966. It was in 1966 that Biafrans said, no, this killing will not continue. And Biafrans stood to defend themselves. If you go on the on the internet right now, if you Google Biafrans, what you can will see there is that we say a secessionist state from 1966, 70 to 70. But that just, again, lies from the pit of hell because we have been in existence. We have been living there before the amalgamation and even before the creation of that contraption called Nigeria. I'm going to let you come in uh, so I can have a clearer uh, sure. uh, perspective in giving the question answers. Now, the violence that you were speaking about, now, are we talking, um, it, it seemed to me, uh, I came to the understanding that this is violence between the two groups and not necessarily the British colonialists, um, because this is after Nigeria was so-called given its independence. And so that violence you're talking about was that between the different groups? Because I, you know, I do try to keep up with some news out of Africa. And I know in Nigeria, I had been reading about disputes between, I think they were Igbo uh, farmers and then the the cattle herders. I think they are referred to as the Fulani. So are we talking, you know, different groups in the region committing violence against Biafrans? Or are we talking about uh, Europeans as well? Um, it's different groups in Nigeria committing crime against their friends. But British cannot be uh, excluded from the equation because, as you may know, the colonization is not colonizing for uh, the interests of Africans or Nigerians. The colonization okay. was done for the interests of the British. Mm-hmm. So uh, during all, all this time, the British was on top of the whole uh, problem. As you know, uh, they have this uh, concept of uh, divide and rule. We are in the setting confusions among people. For example, the creation of Nigeria is, 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 a, is a sham, in a sense, because countries are not created by human beings. Countries are organic process. Countries form themselves, either people with common interests, common political uh, interests, cultural uh, relativism, and other things that make a country come together. It's not uh, pulling somebody from the north and then from the west. People with varying cultures, different religions, Nothing whatsoever to relate to one another. The irony of it is that there has not been a formal constitution wherein everybody has to obey 
what is said in the Constitution. We have people who uh, believe that they are not going to uh, submit to the uh, to the laws of the land. People who think that their gods are superior. Therefore, they can only do what God says. And when thinking of that, you're thinking about what God says as in killing people who they termed or they deemed to be infidels. Then we have other groups that believe in different things. So the, the creation of Nigeria, the pulling up or together of all these different groups has been the major problem with this entity called Nigeria. For instance, we are different from the Alza Fulani. We are different from the Yorubas as far as the way we do things and the way we uh, have things going. And there has not been a, a, a kind of structured law. All these uh, different groups will you know, come in and obey or kind of follow. Nothing like that. Mm -hmm. Here in the United States, we say that the United States is a melting pot because what, there's law in this land, at least wherever you come from, there are laws that is guiding this nation where people obey the law, even though we know that sometimes people don't quite obey the law. But it's not as what we have seen in Nigeria, whereby some people believe in the common law, some people believe in the Islamic law, some people believe in a traditional law. And unfortunately, if you are of the ruling class and you play by the Islamic law, that means the other people will, not, will be forced to obey whatever you think is the best law to guide the, the, the population. And that's one of the biggest problems in Nigeria. So that we're so that the audience is clear. So the indigenous people of Biafra is agitating for the reformation of their independent nation that existed before the formation of Nigeria. That's exactly what we're looking for. We are we're asking for the restoration of who we are. We want back of how we govern ourselves because we don't want all this uh, mixed match uh, kind of. Uh, uh, a government. There is not even a government anywhere. That place is like a jungle. People don't respect one another. Uh, for instance, since the inception of uh, uh, Nigeria, the Igbos, or primarily the Biafrans, what they they contribute so much in human and material resources to the cause of the cooperation and cohesion of that and development of that country, even for the unity. We move around Nigeria, the, the Biafrans travel to the north, they develop, they make sure things are going well. They move to the southwest, the same thing. As a matter of fact, the Biafrans believe in Nigeria. If anyone is uh, professing Nigeria, they are Biafrans. We go west, north, and everything, developing and building. And all of a sudden, uh, after building and developing, one day somebody will rise up and say, oh, all these things you have built is forfeited. You need to get out and go back to your land. And that's the Nigeria we are talking about. Whereby they talk nationalism, they talk about one Nigeria by mouth, but in practice, they don't care. It's not about 
one Nigeria. It's not about doing things together because the Biafrans have this liberalism and the dynamism that kind of uh, sets a difference among the other groups. And what does it yield to us is envy, jealousy, and uh, massacre and killing of Biafrans, nothing else. I have so a question. What Biafrans are asking for now is since you don't want us to be part of your country, we want to go back to where we come from. We want to go back to where we are before. We want you to stay on your own because all this time we are the ones that are really doing and, and trying to forge a national unity. But what we get in return is killing. Now, in the past, I have uh, reported on a story, and it happened some time ago, but there was an activist by the name of Ken Saro Rewa and his people that lived in a region where some oil spills happened. I think Shell Oil Company was the company responsible uh, for the poisoning of the land. Um, now, is, is, was he in uh, those group of people where they be African? Ken Sarawua is a Biafran. Even though Ken Sarawua may say he's not a Biafran, but Ken Sarawua is from Biafran land. Okay. Well, he's dead uh, now, he, right? He, 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 yeah, he was. He was. He, he's dead now. Yeah. He's dead now. Um, but the point is, um, he the was. Reason, the reason I bring that up is because it just reminds me of the type of corruption that I've heard about in Nigeria because it wasn't like the Shell Oil Corporation hired a bunch of mercenaries to go kill him and kill those people and remove them. Um, it was the Nigerian military that did that on behalf of the corporation. It, it, do I have that right? Is that what happened? Yeah. Ken Sarawu was, was actually friend during the time of Abaja. You see, uh, it's a long story, and unfortunately, the few minutes that I have with you will not be able to allow me to give you an insight about Ken Serowua and his role as far as the Nigerian and Biafran situation. Okay. Ken Serowua fought on the side of Nigeria during the Civil War, and uh, he did that for whatever reason, but he was a Biafran, but he fought on the side of uh, Nigerians. Okay. After the war, he used that leverage to get an official position in Nigeria, amassed wealth, and uh, continued his life uh, at a point uh, where he, he was not able to, to get in the Nigerian kind of uh, ruling class. Okay. okay. The corrupt elite in Nigeria. He began the, his work as an uh, activist. Uh, that's when he, he started talking about uh, the, his people, Ogoni people, uh, about the survival of his people because of the, the, the complete mess that Shell has done in the land of Biafra, which is in Ogoni. Okay. okay? And uh, okay. that's where Ken Sarawiwa came in. He, uh, I want to, uh, for, for record's sake, I want you to know that the Ogoni people, like I mentioned the other uh, groups before, I recall I told you that there are some other smaller groups, Ogoni, falls in that category because Ogoni is about uh, one million people. Okay? okay. Now, okay. Uh, 
Yanao Ken began his activism based on uh, environmental pollution and everything. Uh, and th th this is just a little bit of a picture. But the problem with the shell, again, like I said before, the interest of the colonialists is not for the, in for the benefit of the owners of the land, but right. they're there for their particular interest. So shell drilling oil, shell taking oil, oil spillage, the people in the land are not considered. Ken fought for it. Ken was framed uh, for murdering four of their leaders who is on the other side of his own opinion. And that's how Ken won, was taken to the gallows and hung. Okay. So well, thank but, you for the lesson, the history no, lesson. No problem. Now, the indigenous people of Biafra have a rally coming up here in, in a couple of months in the summer, I believe in June. Can you tell me about that rally, the exact date, where to be at, and, and what's it to be about? The rally is coming up uh, June 20th uh, this year, 2020. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, with this new incident of uh, pandemic, that the rally will not be uh, postponed, but uh, we have scheduled for June 20th. And uh, we are asking for Biafrans and all lovers of freedom, not just Biafrans, to come out in mass and support this freedom march. Uh, Biafrans, as I mentioned before, has been kept behind the, 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 the curtain. Biafrans has been massacred, so many of us have been killed. I, I don't know if you know that the, the so-called Nigerian war, which was actually uh, the British proxy war, because the British, the USSR, the Egyptians, and the Arab League fought their friends for, from 67 to 70, and over three, six million people were killed, according to the Irish uh, news. Uh, but uh, the British going around saying uh, one million, two million here and there. But I mean, it's a million, which means it's a genocide. Okay, yeah. Today, British has not taken responsibility of that. What they did was trying to erase the name of Biafra in, in, in the history books to keep us silent and not talk about Biafra. By the way, you cannot mention Biafra in Nigeria because if you mention the word Biafra, the military will arrest you. So now that we live here in the United States in a free world, supposedly, Biafrans and lovers of freedom will be in Washington June 20th of this year to march and showcase the United States of America, showcase to the world what we are going through. By the way, we are blessed to have this young man, Mazen Kano, who is the leader of Indigenous people of Biafra, whom after years of suffering, we, the Biafrans, believe that God in heaven has mandated him to come and liberate us. The history of Biafrans is no too different from the history of the Jews. We are the Israelis as well from history. Mazen Kano has taken the bull by the horn and he will be there in, in June in Washington, D.C. for this great rally where we will ask the world to support the freedom of Biafra. And uh, I want to say, I want to make a, a very uh, uh, small, I want to quote 
uh, President Franklin Roosevelt the, in one of his address to the Congress 1941, where he said that therefore as a president performing his constitutional duty to give to the Congress of United uh, the State of Union, he find it unhappily necessary to report that the future and the safety of United States and United States democracy are overwhelmingly involved in events far beyond the borders of United States. What I see in this is that Biafra can be uh, uh, that, that uh, jewel in Africa. Biafra is said to be the number one or rather uh, uh, organic uh, ally of United States. You hear about all this terrorism and everything. I know a lot of news about Nigeria is now here in the United States because CNN, BBC, and cohorts are busy blocking all this news. But the terrorism is ruined in Nigeria. They can transfer it to the Western world. They can transfer it to the United States. But if Biafra is allowed to be, Biafra gains its freedom. Biafra will work with the United States of America to make sure that terrorism is eradicated in the entire West Africa. As we close out this um, podcast, do you have a message that you would like to leave for in closing uh, to my audience, especially African-Americans, since that's our primary demographic that listens to this program, although they are not the only ones, but, you know, 90%, 96% of our audience is here in the United States. Do you have a specific message for them about Biafra ahead of the rally? Um, my message to all African-Americans is to support Biafra freedom. By the way, Biafra is your home. I'm going to tell you that history revealed that 60 to 70% of African-Americans here in the United States are from Biafra. Regardless the new DNA testing and everything that is somewhat, I'm not sure how specific those results are, I don't know if you know about where they call the Igbo landing in Georgia, where the Igbos uh, were brought in and they refused to, or Biafrans were brought in and they refused to serve. And they went inside the waters. Some people say they disappeared. Some people say they drowned. But I'm here to tell you that most African-Americans are from Biafra land. So I'm asking the African-Americans to support Biafra. Biafra is your real home. Once Biafra is restored, you will have a place that you call home. Uh, by the way, uh, my wife already knows how it is. My wife is from L.A., uh, second generation uh, uh, Louisiana. So she knows exactly and very supportive of what I'm doing. So I'm asking the African-American once again to support Biafra restoration. That is your true home. I want to thank you um, for taking the time out of your evening to speak with us on Black Talk Radio News. And I hope this will not be the last time, uh, as I do plan to do some follow-up, you know, up until the rally. And then, you know, uh, definitely we would like to speak to someone after the rally. But thank you for joining me. Thank you very much, Scotty. And thank you for your time. And thank you for what you do for African-Americans and Black world in general. Thank you very much.